Welcome to Castle Podcast. My name is Rick Bain. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you know that the best way you can support the podcast is by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to the Castle Podcast back again on uh, another Saturday morning uh, into your ears talking to another friend of mine um, just about the things that we're interested in life, uh, different like strategy and philosophies that we look after, um, stuff we really want to get into. Today my guest is Sean Mitchell. Uh, this dude's a, a freaking legend since I've known him probably for the last year or something like that. Uh, whenever I have a conversation with Sean, he's like one of those guys that you can just go deep into a conversation with like super quick. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about him. Uh, you can usually find Sean uh, shucking oysters at some badass random event, um, or he's cooking in the wild with uh, turnants in the elements uh, to serve some beautiful outdoor cooking probably the best outdoor cooking that I've ever experienced um, or seen. Uh, these days you can also find him working with Finex cookware, crafting some of the industry's finest iron cookware that is used by some of the best chefs in restaurants in, um, in the West Coast. And I know as well that uh, I was at Le Pigeon a couple months ago and uh, saw Finex pan at uh, Le Pigeon and that really like stood out to me. And I was like, wow, this is some, some really good stuff here. Uh, he has a, a hand in so many different things, uh, Finex, Chuck Portland, Ternant, uh, the Nightwood Society. Um, so yeah, just all around a uh, well-shaped guy. Uh, so let's get into it. Sean, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Thank you so much for all those nice things. I just like to do cool shit with people I love. So that's been my goal for the past couple of years. Why isn't that everybody's goal, Sean? <laughs> I, I don't know. It should be. Do stuff you love. Be around people you care about. Yeah, no, I totally. Be nice. Uh, so, Sean, I kind of uh, like spewed out some things that you're currently working on or your organizations and people that you're associated with. But for like a minute here, let's just like take it back and like, where were you born and what kind of like shit were you interested in as a child? I was born in Southern California. I grew up in San Diego, California. Lots of surfing and mountain biking and hiking and just always loved to be outside. Uh, spent almost 12 years living in Memphis, Tennessee, which was a, a huge change up. Wanted a new experience. Went back and lived with some more of my family back there. Learned a ton. And, you know, now I have a love affair with the South also. So that was fun. And then um, I always have loved food and eating. I've always been a, a larger human, like six, three at 14, eating as much food as I could possibly fit in my face, <laughs> swimming, swimming and water polo goalie in high school and just love to be active and do stuff with friends and ended up just getting the cooking bug, just like experimenting at home after school and ended up uh, uh, working in a restaurant and an oyster bar in San Diego called the Brigantine. And that was my first oyster experience and shucked hundreds of oysters a day for like three years. And that's actually where I had my first back injury, my lower back when I was 20. So, uh, 
you know, started that early and started cooking back then. <laughs> so before, but, before you got that first job, were your parents like super big foodies or like, how did, how did your parents uh, eat? Mm, my mom was working and I, my mom wasn't the best cook. She tried really hard, but didn't really have a lot of uh, experience with it my dad would grill a lot outside which is i think where my love for for that came from um just cooking over fire i'm also an eagle scout and spent a lot of time in boy scouts so like lots of dutch oven cooking and cooking and on fire and i think that just never went away and mm -hmm. it's awesome now to do stuff like that with turn on because it's just like who doesn't love to play with fire and really good ingredients and so yeah i think my grandparents, I had my, my mom's mom used to cook a lot more. And I remember her chicken and dumplings, like German style, like sheet noodle dumplings. And my dad's stepdad, like fished and hunted a lot. So I remember he would make you know, like trout sashimi. And that was the first time I ever ate raw fish. And I was like 11 and I loved it and thought it was amazing. And he also made, you know, made his own meatballs and so, you know, nothing crazy, but I got to see that, that love and attention and care that went into their food. And I think that kind of lit up the fire inside of me. To, it wasn't like something I did all the time, but I got a job at, right out of high school at a, at a little grocery store working with produce. So I got to be around a lot of cool produce that I hadn't seen before. And San Diego and Southern California has such great growing seasons. So there's always a lot of cool stuff to, to play with. So what, uh, in your mind, what, what was the transformation or like, what made you from like, you know, your first, uh, job, you know, shucking oysters, how, you know, obviously like a lot of years in between, but now you have a relationship with so many like, um, important and just badass like chefs in our industry, um, like up and down the West coast. So what was like the, what was the transformation point or did you, how did you get there from your first job at just shucking oysters? to now like working with some of like the best people in companies in our industry? I think it's really for me more about relationships in general. And I've been transitioning more into a, a hospitality overarching aspect of, of food and that whole industry over the past few years. Um, I don't really know. I've always been gregarious and I've always been tall and like the, in charge of most stuff that I've done. And I, I, I regret a little bit about not being able to work under as many people as I wanted to, because I always got thrust into being in charge and had like, I've, you know, I've always read a ton and been voracious about learning about ingredients and food and where they come from. And I got to do a really fun thing called push on five, five, five for a few years where we went around the country and did events with, you know, some of the best chefs in the country with, really really good heritage breed pigs raised by small family farmers and that kind of showed me how how unique ingredients are to the places and you know america's become kind of this homogenous thing where everybody can get everything all the time and you forget sometimes how much love and time and sweat and blood and tears go into raising something whether it's a a pig or a carrot and all the people that I surround myself with now really care about the ingredients that they use. And because they care so much about the ingredients they use, they have relationships with the farmers like Kara from Vibrant Valley and 
you know, Nick raising pigs with Austin and opening up hopefully eventually Tony's Corner and their butcher shop and everything. And it's, it's hard to not want to do that when you're surrounded by such good stuff. And that's just been my goal is I want to know people that really put in a lot of effort into what they do and I want to learn about it. And I have this, I always thought it was a crazy goal to start a, a farm event space. This is the first time I've ever talked about it recorded, but uh, I have a lot of friends that are of the same mind. And yeah. I always thought that maybe it was a business that I did eventually, but now it, with all this current stuff happening, it feels more of like it's the way of life I want to live, like being surrounded by, you know, dirt and plants and animals and people who really care about what they're doing. That connectiveness I so empathize with and I'm the same, you know, getting to the source, getting to the farm, that stuff, building, building those relationships, um, who's like cutting up your meat, stuff like that is super important. And um, I think just natural as well, right? Because we're just humans and we're social creatures. Yeah. Um, feels a bit more disconnected these days with like social media uh, a little bit, just because you don't know. Sometimes you don't know people directly. You haven't had like deep conversations, uh, but it's super fun um, getting to know you over like the last year, maybe even two years, year and a half, something like that. I think it's been almost two, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, you're definitely one of the people um, in my circle that's super passionate about what you do. And I think one of the reasons that I'm like really attracted to you and like have a friendship with you, but taking it back to what you were saying about having a connectedness to like the land and stuff like that. How did you, uh, how did you get involved with uh, Turnant? And if somebody uh, has, you know, maybe like not following them on social media or has never been to a Turnant event, um, do you want to like kind of explain what that is? Yeah, it's funny because so much of my life hasn't made sense necessarily in the moment, but if you step back and look at it in more of like an overarching way, you can see connections. And I'm a firm believer of right place, right time. And sometimes it's not the right time or right place for you. And it doesn't mean that that's not the thing that you're supposed to do, but it means that right now, maybe it's, it's not going to be that, that thing for you. So, you know, I, it's funny because everything for me is usually a long story and it's funny how it works, but I spent the summer of 2016 working on the outstanding in the field tour, traveling around the country with six other people in two trucks and two trailers and sometimes a big cool red and white bus but doing farm dinners for 120 to 250 people. And we went to this magical place on the Olympic Peninsula called Hamahama that I had never even heard of before. And the geography and the Hood Canal and the forest and the oyster beds and everything just blew my mind. And six months later, upon finishing the tour, I got an email from Hamahama to all of us looking for somebody to come out and run their outdoor restaurant at their farm. And I said, okay, I'm in, let's do it. So I moved out there in January of 2017. And in July, uh, Turnant did a dinner there. And I met Jarrett, Joe, and Mona for the first time. And it's like a baby outstanding in the field that they were doing called our Secret Supper, which they actually did a bunch of those dinners. Um, but way more intimate, way smaller, 
uh, way more detail oriented with a lot more local things from each place. And I got to sit down and eat a dinner that they cooked and I was floored that everything they were doing was outside over fire with such an unimaginable style. And they're like the most beautiful humans I've ever met. And uh, now to be part of their family is uh, a huge honor. It makes me feel so welcome in Portland and it's, it's cool. But yeah, they cook very seasonal ingredients outside over fire with cool metal implements and with so much love. And they also have an event space uh, on Gleason and Northeast that they do uh, fri first Friday oyster social every month where they just showcase a different chef's style, everything from Doug Adams to Mylene Chavez to them and so many amazing Portland and other local chefs. So somebody to definitely check out. Turn on means like roundsman or swing cook or basically somebody that can do a little of everything. And it's T-O-U-R-N-A-N-T. Check out their Instagram and uh, prepare to fall in love. But yeah, they're just another one of my like growing Portland Pacific Northwest family. I think uh, prepare to fall in love is, is a really good like way to describe them. Um, just it's, hard, it's hard not to. Yeah, uh, I think my first experience, for sure my first experience with them is when uh, Proud Mary took us out and we had a, like a little camping trip, which was super fun to do with the entire company. And uh, Jared and Mona and uh, some other people were out there and they were cooking for us. I had no idea who they were. And, you know, I, I pulled up in my car and we we're in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, you know, there's like a fire going on. There's some contraption hanging, all these different things. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And had no idea who they were, never heard of them before. And just went over and started talking to them. And they were like the nicest people ever. And uh, amazing food and left the experience just like super grateful. And I was like, wow, that was that's something that I want to do, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where like, I want to do that again. Um, and then I, I come to find myself just like randomly scrolling on Instagram or something, and I found them, let alone like they're doing these things all the time. There's a regular occasion for them. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like a one-off thing for us. And then uh, probably most recently uh, when I cooked for um, Nolan, the owner of Proud Mary, uh, for his birthday, when I cooked for his birthday, they were there as well. And it was super good to like catch up with them and then introduce them uh, to like my head chef and like a bunch of people who didn't know them because I was like, you guys need to like know these people. Um, I don't know, it's like one of those people that kind of just like falls deep into your hearts and you fall in love with them instantly, like you said. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's funny too because they started their business as a mobile oyster bar. And it's funny that if I go back to 18, 19, 20 years old, shucking oysters, I'd never thought that it would be that much a part of my life. And to, to be connected to Sarah Schneider and Leah from Nightwood and them from Turn On and Chuck Portland and all these people through oysters. I mean, the culture of oyster in the Pacific Northwest is hard to deny. And mm. they're yeah. some of my favorite. I've been all over North America and eating oysters everywhere. And oysters from that place are definitely uh, on the top of my list. So transitioning uh, real quick to something you brought up earlier, but you kind of uh, alluded to when I think you said you were 20, your first job, you had like an injury in the workplace. And um, I've, I've, I've known you as, as, as you injured yourself again, and you've kind of like been going through this experience of transition. Um, 
Do you want to kind of like talk about that for a second? Is that all right to talk about? Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing because restaurant people are very tough headed and determined and we put sleep and family and health and sanity and all these things on the back burner uh, and forget sometimes to listen to our bodies. And that's something through Kundalini yoga, shout out to Mandala in Portland um, for teaching me way more about that than I ever thought I know. But, you know, being aware of our body and listening to our bodies and, and our minds and taking care of ourselves, you know, it's become something that's been another part of my mission. Like we, you know, being well-rounded is something I've always tried to do and you can't do it all the time, but trying to work on those things. But yeah, I, I uh, slipped a disc and herniated a disc in my lower back when I was 20 and spent years on workers comp and trying to, trying to heal myself and trying to do everything I possibly could to, to get better. And, um, fast forward 20 years from there, moved to Portland in uh, May of last year and took over as the chef at OK Omens, the sister restaurant to Castagna. And this time it was my neck and lost feeling in my hand for about two months and wow. very scary, very, very new feeling. And, you know, we realized that our spines and our bodies are supposed to work a certain way. And if we, they're also very adaptable. And if you put them in the same position all the time, things go bad sometimes. And taking care of yourself and your spine, you know, it's, it's all longevity. It's, do you want to be around if you have kids or grandkids and like be able to pick them up and be able to function? And I love to be outside and hike and swim and surf and stuff like that. I don't want to be limited by that. So I, I realized the power that that, that has to either um, strengthen or weaken parts of our lives. And it's weird spending, you know, like four years of my life on workers comp and that system is not fun. And it's, it's kind of like unemployment where it's, it's not as much as you would need to make. So you're, you know, you get hurt doing something you love and you end up not being able to do the thing that you love and also being stressed out about money and being stressed out about your physical health and well-being and so something I've been trying to do the last year is figure out how to incorporate more uh, more thoughtful movement through space and how to how to make working in a restaurant or cooking in general uh, a little bit easier on my body and learning how to help other people do small things that can help them. So, you know, maybe going to school for for nutrition and functional movement, something, you know, some kind of combination of that to, to help my industry people take better care of themselves too. But in order to do that, I'm doing it for myself first. And then I want to try to help apply things to my friends. Right. I really hope that um, we get to a place where it's not, it seems like there's a lot of uh, these days or maybe like the last hundred years, there's a lot of stuff that happens to people and then they learn afterwards like the no-nos and then they're like oh wait this is the proper way to do that and then they spend like the rest of their time trying to teach everybody else so yeah. i hope we get into a spot where we just start out doing preventative things instead of just trying to solve the problem after there's already a problem yeah i mean it's a wholesale change that's going to have to happen in our industry along with mental health just like the whole whole being like your whole person and and I'm lucky that all the people that I work with are 
very they've almost all had some kind of major body issue because if you're working in kitchens for 10 20 years something's yeah. going to happen to you so i'm lucky that i'm surrounded by people that are like hey are you okay like hey let's do that together not trying to be a hero i'm a big strong guy and people think that you can just pick up giant heavy things by yourself all the time and just because you can doesn't mean you have to like mm -hmm. i want to i like teamwork anyway so let's pick this up together or let's use tools that are appropriate i remember uh just like slaying it on the line during like a weekend or something like that at crowds and uh you know you're back to back like leaning down going to your knees you're just like staying in for 12 hours at a time and you're coming in and talking about what you're going through and i remember uh uh, Coulter and I were kind of we we stood up a little bit straighter, you know. We we yeah. looking out for each other within like posture and stuff. We're like, actually, that you know that he has a lot of like good points and uh, made me like very like self aware of, of stuff like that. So I'm glad he even brought us um, to our attention during that time. Yeah, and, I mean, in culinary school, I would put a bunch of half sheet pans upside down under my cutting board, and then you know most of the time now when I work in kitchens. I go prep on the on the bar because mm. it's one of the only places that's tall enough for me to stand up and be at the right height. So it's it's just being aware. And I think people are now because of this whole coronavirus situation, like people are uh, looking in a different light at a lot of aspects of restaurants. Like yeah, how how many people are in the kitchen? How long our shifts are? Yeah. How many menu items we have? Because it's just a scramble trying to get everything done. And, you know, a lot of times like health and safety can go out the window or you don't really think about it because you're just trying to hurry up and get things done. Let's talk about that transformation um, or just like that time in your life of moving from just like slaying it, you know, on the line, like, you know, hours a day, um, all day to, you know, realizing that your body was going through something to transferring to uh, the company that you're mostly at right now, which is finance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's another one of those things where I was working a bunch of different jobs, just trying to get by like most other people in Portland. And, you know, a lot of people that I know here have two, three, four different jobs and a lot of different interests. And I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I was trying, I was also going through the whole like health and fitness thing, trying to figure out, can I get a job where I can learn on the job, like how to do all this, you know, training stuff or nutrition. And I was on Instagram and I saw that Finex was looking to hire somebody to do customer service. And I had used the pans back in Memphis in 2014. I'd, I'd seen them and used them at this cool little shop and, I knew how, how nice they were and how well they worked. And I love cast iron. And I came in and said, Hey, like, this is what I do. I would love to work with you guys and came on and it's a super fun crew, super small, uh, little factory right now. I'm the only person that, that works here. Uh, well, there's one other guy that comes in a few days a week, but everybody else is working remote from home. Thankfully they can do that. And, um, so I went from customer service and doing sales and tours at the factory to building out this demo kitchen that I'm sitting in that's currently empty that we're waiting for this to be over so we can have chefs come in and do fun stuff and do events and food and cooking classes and all that stuff. So they've let me build that. And uh, now I assemble pans. They're cast in Tennessee at the Lodge factory. Lodge uh, purchased Finex in 
July and took over in January. So most of the production for Finex is done out of Tennessee, but uh, I'm currently assembling almost all of our products uh, of our of our roster that we have left here. I stone tumble and season and drill the handles and install them and ship and build the boxes and do all that stuff here. And it's been fun to learn pretty much everything about how they're made besides the casting. Mm. Um, we do all that here and it's been super fun getting to do that. And now I ship for everything on the West coast, Alaska and Hawaii out of here. So it's been nice lately that everybody's been at home cooking and learning how to use cast iron to cook with and learning how to utilize more ingredients and more stuff that they have at home. So I'm, I'm lucky. I wasn't quite sure what this was, what was happening. You know, the first like few weeks of March felt kind of weird being alone in the factory by myself making pans. But now I realize that people really want to cook and they want to use good product. And it's, it's nice to use something that's, American made that's guaranteed forever, no questions asked. And we really care about our customers and want them to have a good experience with that. And again, it's another one of those relationships that I, I really like this company. I really like this product. I use it all the time. I use my pans every day and yeah. there's some new fun stuff coming out. And, you know, like you said earlier with, with La Pigeon and, and there's a lot of other chefs in Portland that use it because it's great and it's functional and it works really well. Well, Sean, in, in, in wrapping up here, um, I kind of want to say like some final words, but do you have any, um, do you want to shout out like your, your social media or any, anything you want to push people towards at all? I'm terrible at social media, but my Instagram is Chef Lumberjack, uh, all one word. I don't have Facebook anymore. I don't have Twitter. I like in person. <laughs> I like, I like conversations in person. I like that's why I like Proud Mary so much going and sitting and watching people cook. And, you know, I feel like I'm at home there. And that's what I was saying earlier, like the hospitality aspect is something that I love about Portland. And mm -hmm. there's so many in Seattle and, and a lot of other Pacific Northwest that there's a lot of that where people it's, it's the lines are blurred between like service and food. And it's all one thing. Like if you don't have a good experience, then that can leave a sour taste in your mouth. So a lot of these great, great chefs like Carlo at Magna and Turnant and Gabe Rucker. And I mean, there's too many to even mention, like everybody's so great. Um, really, you know, being hospitable and trying to listen to other people. And like that quote I was telling you earlier, like be strict with yourself and tolerant with others is something that we can really work on right now as we transition through this really weird time and try to be more mindful of ourselves and how we affect other people and you know leaving something for the next person how we can create a good experience for somebody like don't don't buy all of something like you know try to help share stuff with people and find things that people need and all the neighborly stuff right now like you know you need to borrow a drill don't go to the store and buy a drill i have a drill like you need eggs or flour like i have some extra stuff like you know I love I'm that. a big yeah I'm a big lover and I I want to share that with people and spend time with people that I care about I love that Sean um I said this in my last podcast and it pertains to you as well but one of the reasons I started this podcast is to share more people like you and kind of like get the word about you because um 
a lot of people that I interview don't care that much about social media or stuff like that. Um, and they're just like, they're, they're doing their thing, um, focusing like on their community and they care about that and like what they're doing like the next day and like what they're focusing on. And I kind of just like wanted to praise you for a second for being so involved in our community and being like a bright light. Um, that's, that's kind of like all involved in a bunch of different things. Um, but I think you're having like a big effect and probably like a larger effect than you think, even just the way that you speak, you know? So I just wanted to thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's, you know, like you just said, community is, I think the way that we're going to get through this and being able to rely on people that are close to us and Portland is a great community and the Pacific Northwest is a great community. There's a lot of wonderful people here. And I think that if we focus on the small stuff, taking care of each other and ourselves that we're going to get through this. We're going to come out the other end. I have no idea what restaurants are going to look like. I, I, I mean, it's everybody is speculating at this point, but we have amazing produce, amazing seafood, amazing livestock and, and other, and coffee. Don't forget coffee. Um, <laughs> we have so much stuff here. We're so lucky to have what we do and be where we are. And it's, I'm just happy to be part of that. And thank, this is my first podcast ever. So thanks for, thanks for breaking my cherry. <laughs> no problem, brother. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on and hanging out with me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good seeing your face. You too. Love you. Be well. Thank, thank you. you. I'll talk to you later.